pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Prospect Podcast. I am Chris Trapasso. I'm going to bounce around a little bit in this episode. I'm recording on my porch. It is elite weather in Western New York, especially if you're a big football fan, especially if you run hot like I do, like in the summer. If it's anything above 75 degrees and I don't have my shirt off or I'm not wearing a tank top, I'm probably sweating. So like, let's see, check on my phone. What's the exact temperature right now? 65 degrees, barely any wind. You might hear my neighbor's dogs across the street. They have two golden retrievers and a corgi, which is like my favorite combination of dogs for one family to have. You might hear them in the background just to give it a little more of a lively feel that's if you hear dogs barking that's what you're listening to um i'm gonna bounce around for this episode a great college football slate uh on saturday i mean we've kind of been building to some really good intra-conference games in arkansas ranked number eight in the country i love referencing john daly and jerry jones when just watching Arkansas in general. And I always remember that I forgot who wrote it. There was a really good, um, almost like an expose of Jerry Jones about, I think it was like right at the beginning of the Dak era, end of the Tony Romo era where some writer and I, his name is escaping me. It's on the tip of my tongue. I want to say, no, it's not him. I, if you Google it, and it was for one of the bigger magazines. It wasn't necessarily a sports magazine, if I remember correctly. This one sports writer like approached Jerry Jones. I'm completely going on a tangent here, but it's my podcast, so whatever. Uh, approached Jerry Jones at an owner's meeting and said that he had an assignment or he pitched uh, to just like follow Jerry Jones around for, I want to say, a whole week or multiple weeks. And just like talk to him about his life and what he feels about the Cowboys and his businesses and AT&T Stadium. And he did. And like Jerry Jones granted him this interview and like amazing access. And I always like uh, like what I, I took from that more than just a great inside look at Jerry Jones was that he loves Johnny Walker Blue, which is the most expensive Johnny Walker that you can buy. One of the more expensive, just relatively common whiskeys that you can get out there. Um, and that he's of course an Arkansas graduate. So is John Daly. I just love that combination. Uh, in that expose, there's like a point where Jerry Jones stopped drinking and his 
family told him like, you need to be drinking again. Like you're more fun and you're a better person when you're drinking blue. And it's funny being from West New York. Like if someone says, Hey, I want a blue or get me a blue. It's a blue light. It's like a $2 beer. Uh, but in the Jones family, they reference blue as Johnny Walker blue. And we know that John Daly can certainly drink his fair share of alcoholic beverages. They're pumped that Arkansas is inside the top 10. It's got to be for the first time in a very, very long time. It's just an athletic group on defense, great linebackers, Grant Morgan and bumper pool, probably like the coolest linebacker tandem names that I can remember in a long time. Bumper pool and Grant Morgan. It just sounds like two rangy linebackers and that's what they are. Jalen Catalan, his, the two TikToks that I've posted of Jalen Catalan have absolutely blown up. Like people in the comment section going crazy, like saying, like arguing that he's not that explosive, arguing Arkansas, Texas. We know what Arkansas did to Texas last week. Um, so he's a pretty polarizing guy, I guess. I, I don't think he should really be that controversial. He's a stud and he's extremely explosive. Um, so the defense is really good. Uh, the quarterback, KJ Jefferson, uh, is a dual threat guy. They, the offensive line gets after it. They have some young athletic running backs. And then they have Traylon Burks, who might go in the first round. He'll probably be the first big body receiver selected in the 2022 draft against that Georgia defense that looks like could be in the NFL and be like one of the better defenses in the NFL. Like they're going to send seven or eight guys on that side of the ball, probably to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy, the executive director of that awesome event, uh, has kind of hinted that there's going to be a bunch of invites sent out to the Georgia Bulldogs on the defensive side. They really haven't had to do much on the offensive side uh, in these first couple of weeks. That's in Athens, Georgia, but that'll be a huge matchup. Um, Cincinnati and Notre Dame, another contest between two top 10 teams. Uh, Of course, a lot of draft prospects in that game as well. Most namely to me, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati, and Majay Sanders, um, the edge rusher from the Bearcats. You can throw in, of course, Sauce Gardner. He's probably the most marquee one, actually. It kind of slipped my mind. Originally, uh, just this super physical bump-and-run cornerback with long arms, good fluidity. Notre Dame had to replace their whole offensive line, but they blo- still blocked pretty well. Kieran Williams, Kyron Williams, the running back, uh, he has another year or two of eligibility, but he could actually enter the draft this year. He is draft eligible. Um, and then Kyle Hamilton, the safety that looks like, I mean, we had it last year to me with Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa was who people wanted Isaiah Simmons to be. And Kyle Hamilton, in terms of his size, like 6'4", 220, looks like Isaiah Simmons and is a lot more fluid in space than Isaiah Simmons was. Um, and we know he was a first round pick two years ago. Uh, other games, Ohio State at Rutgers, I think that could be a little bit more difficult than it looks on paper with Rutgers not being ranked. Craig Schiano, uh was with that Ohio State program for a while, obviously, and he's got the Golden Knights, or I said the Golden Knights, the Scarlet Knights uh, playing a lot better football, like immediately from him taking that job for the second time. And then how about Ole Miss at Alabama? I have a Matt Corral feature coming out on CBS Sports today. If you're listening to this podcast super early in the morning, like 6, 7, maybe 8 a.m., that article might not be out yet. But by around 8.30 or 9 o'clock, it should be up on CBSSports.com. It highlights, it's one of my film features. Uh, It highlights 
everything about Matt Corral's game, what I like. And then at the same time, like this, the style that he plays with, I really am a fan of, but right now it, that can also be kind of a con to his game, a weakness that he needs to kind of improve upon. And this will be the ultimate test. I, I never want to be someone that is, Hey, watch this one game and make a decision on this player as a draft prospect. But I really think Matt Corral's draft prospects ride or die with this Alabama game. Like he completed over 70% of his passes last year, 10.2 yards per attempt, 28 touchdown passes, 14 picks. And we know that Lane Kiffin, especially at the collegiate level, or maybe only at the collegiate level, knows offense. Like he's going to scheme guys open. There's going to be a lot of screens, a lot of deep balls. He has, of course, bounced around the entire college football landscape, but has always done a pretty good job to a amazing job terms of getting production out of his offenses and Ole Miss gave Alabama a tough game last year. They did score a lot of points. I think now that we're have already started to view Matt Corral as like a legitimate prospect or someone that is an ascending prospect. That's not just a runaround guy. Like he kind of sort of was last year, how he plays against Alabama. That will be the game that everyone will watch and say, okay, Ole Miss has some skill position players that are pretty solid that are going to play in the NFL Matt Corral looks like he's has his arrow pointing up. How well does he play against Alabama? And this is, a, it's Alabama, but it's not, I think, to the level in terms of NFL talent as what Georgia has. Like, it, it's not a normal Crimson Tide defense that's like first round edge rusher, first round D tackle, first round safety, two first round corners. It's not that group yet, or, or maybe not at all this season. So it's in Tuscaloosa, but if Matt Carrell has a big game, there will be the conventional wisdom will be Matt Carrell is a first round pick quarterback in what is becoming, it's still early, a pretty weak quarterback class. Like none of these guys are looking like immediate franchise changing starters. Like I, I don't know of any draft analysts out there. I mean, at this point, like just if we're just basing on these first three or four games, like would say, Hey, Spencer Rattler or Carson strong or Sam Howell, or even Malik Willis. Like those are the guys that are going to change my franchise. They can start week one. And we've had that over the past like four or five drafts with like going back to the 2018 draft, of course, 2017 with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, even in 2019 with Kyler Murray, um, Daniel Jones has kind of held on to that job for a long time. And then of course, last year, with Justin Herbert, and then, of course, this past year with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, none of which have really started off particularly great. But the general thought was that those quarterbacks were a lot more ready than any of the quarterbacks um, that are in this draft class. So huge opportunity for Matt Carell, and look for that feature up at CBSSports.com. Today it should be up again. If if you're if you're listening super early, you might not get to it until about eight or nine o'clock on the East Coast. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, and then jumping back to the NFL quick, uh, and I want to plug a, f- a few things. Not that I'm a big guy that, that just sits on here and tells you or just likes to promote myself and just tells you what to look at of mine. But I'm going to do that for this podcast. Definitely follow me on TikTok. And before you roll your eyes, TikTok is an amazing social media platform. What you can do as a creator for your followers is way more intuitive, way more advanced, creating videos with sound and stopping and starting and slowing down. It's adding visual effects. It's way better than Instagram and and, and Twitter. I mean, of course, Twitter kind of serves a different purpose, but follow me on TikTok. I'm posting today or actually Wednesday, because I had a little bit more extra time. I posted like five or six TikToks. I'm normally posting like two or three film TikToks from the previous week or maybe promote or previewing um, the week ahead, either at the college level or for the NFL, highlighting good and bad individual plays in the trenches, receivers, quarterbacks. Some videos are 15 seconds. Some are a minute and a half. Some are 30 seconds, some are two and a half minutes. The longest they can be is three minutes. Um, and I think really at that point, it's they're kind of a little bit too long. So uh, yesterday I featured Solomon Thomas, who I think has really turned a corner. Uh, this was a third overall pick in the 2017 draft class. San Francisco finally let him go. The Las Vegas Raiders signed him and they're, they had him bulked up a little bit. He's a little heavier. You're going to see it on film. It was like 280 pounds coming into the NFL. Uh, and it was like, cause is he inside, outside? Like the 49ers tried him on the edge. That really wasn't his best spot. He ascended to being that number three overall pick by winning inside. And the last two games, eight pressures. I mean, yes, it was against the Steelers offensive line and the Dolphins offensive line. But the way he's winning with quick handwork, spin move that was so devastating at Clemson or at Stanford. Uh, it, it looks like he's turned the corner and looks kind of like a diamond in the rough for the Las Vegas Raiders that has Max Crosby and Solomon Thomas, uh, and they're still getting or they're getting some quality contributions from Ryan Nassib or Ryan Nassib, Carl Nassib, a team that's three and zero mostly due to its offense, but a defense that's playing a little bit better. I highlighted also yesterday. Go check this out. I'll just do a few more. Uh, Harold Landry. He has one of the highest pressure creation rates in the NFL. Over 22%, but I highlighted how pressures themselves can sometimes be misleading as to how well an edge rusher or a defensive tackle is actually performing. Went to watch the film and saw a lot of coverage sacks, a bunch of pressures on stunts, or when the quarterback held the ball for like four or five seconds, he faced, he's already faced Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So two quarterbacks that can do creative things with the ball in their hands, of course, uh, and improvise, but they also do hold on to the ball a fair amount of the time. Nothing, you know, 
against Harold Landry, but I think, you know, to look at the pressures and go, man, he's having a huge season. I mean, maybe that will continue and hats off to the Titans scheme for scheming him up, but he's not winning, uh, at a 22% rate in terms of one-on-one victories against offensive tackles. A lot of it has been him just getting fortunate that he's having decent coverage behind him. He's facing mobile quarterbacks that like to hold on to the ball, or he's just being used on stunts and twists and getting free runs to the quarterback. I also highlighted Kareem Hunt, who was the most efficient running back in week three for the Cleveland Browns in their win over the Chicago Bears. Man, he can put on some highlight reel type runs on film. Like he has serious bounds, not just a one cut type of back. And in Cleveland's mostly power blocking scheme or man blocking or gap blocking, whatever you want to call it, that's kind of what you need. He can make two or three or four cuts in a run that are devastating and they can leave any type of defender, linebacker, corner, safety, whiffing at air. He had a bunch of those runs, especially on that 29-yard touchdown, followed his lead blocker, fought through a kind of a weak tackle attempt, and then like back juked as he was accelerating deep down the field. Like Kareem Hunt is a very, very talented runner because of the terrible issue that he had uh, with domestic violence that was just a horrible decision by him, and he deserved to be suspended. That kind of put him out of the limelight, of course, when he was becoming an elite back in Kansas City. And then he lands with Cleveland. He has to sit out in 2019, the first eight games, and then he's behind Nick Chubb. It's easy to kind of forget that Kareem Hunt is still young. He's in the 2017 draft class and is really, really talented. Also, I want to talk about the scouting gradebook. I don't think, have I brought this up on this podcast? Leave me a comment or tweet at me if I have. Uh, last year, when I was doing this podcast, with Matthew Collar, I think it was either on this podcast or on his, uh, the Purple Insider that he posts daily here on the Blue Wire. Um, I talked about my grading system and like w- the years that have been put into it for me to create it and every feature that it has and all the elements um, that I use to create my prospect rankings, my big board, the position rankings uh, for every single draft class. Well, I decided that I should just sell it. So the Scouting Gradebook, uh, if you just go to scoutinggradebook.com with two Gs, you will find everything that you need to know about the Scouting Gradebook. And I can give you just a quick little run through. Uh, It is the internet's first ever fully customizable, completely intuitive grading system. If you buy one, it comes pre-loaded with 300 prospects, essentially the top 300 prospects. There might be a few guys missing here and there, but you can certainly add whoever you want in there. And along with this, so say you're at the quarterback spot, you're, you're on that tab. It kind of looks like an Excel spreadsheet. You get five skill or talent categories that have a built-in weight to them. And you can change that weight. You can, If you think accuracy is the most important thing, you can make that weight worth 70% and you can make uh, pocket navigation worth 20%. Whatever you want, it comes all default um, with certain weights at every skill or talent category at every position. You can totally customize that and it comes with position addition. That's kind of the term I use for every position being assigned a value based on how valuable I believe that position is. So, of course, quarterbacks get the biggest boost to their grade. Running backs are kind of the baseline. They start at zero. They don't get any boost. 
Uh, and just like anything else with the scouting grade book, you can completely change that. You can look at my position addition values at every spot on the field and say, Chris is crazy. Uh, I think quarterbacks are way more valuable than this or not as valuable or receivers way more valuable. Uh, if you look at scoutinggradebook.com, you will see where you need to change those values. Very, very easy. If you've like ever use an Excel spreadsheet. I am not one of those wizards that knows every single shortcut. I barely know any. Um, if you've ever been on Excel, you know, or you will be able to use the scouting grade book. And the coolest part, which has been integral for me over the past three or four years, evaluating an entire draft um, for CBS Sports, as you're grading, and you can use scale of one to 10, seven to 10, one to a hundred. You can use intervals of 0.2 like I do. Uh, you can use intervals of one when you're assigning grades in those skill and uh, those skill and tailing categories as you're grading players. So say you're grading Kayvon Thibodeau, you grade his bend as a 96, you grade his explosion at a 98, his handwork a little bit lower at an 80, his size and length at like a 90. It builds out a grade for you because there's a formula that's baked in. And then not only will you see a grade that is a uh, the final sum of, or the quotient, I should say, because you are dividing, uh, of your five skill and talent categories, there's also a big board tab that that grade and that player's name, Kayvon Thibodeau in this case, automatically goes into the big board. So the big board builds itself as you are evaluating. It took me a long time to just create this for myself and someone that is definitely not a software engineer by any stretch of the imagination uh, took me a while to actually build this out to make it usable uh, for the general public. So if you are, I'm assuming if you're listening, you're probably an NFL draft fan or maybe you would consider yourself more uh, like a hardcore NFL draft fan. You need to check out scoutinggradebook.com. If you check anywhere on my social media, Twitter and TikTok, um, and even on my Facebook page, I posted a little commercial slash hype video for it. You need to check out the Scouting Notebook. Buy yours today. And if you buy yours and you refer a friend, you each get $10 off the Scouting Gradebook. So, and one last thing, uh, when you buy yours, you get your own personal password protected private site that's your own grade book so you will have you'll really be the only person that has access to your own scouting grade book it's not just a website where other people can see what you're doing uh, it's your own scouting grade book site all right uh anything else here let's see talked about the college schedule matt corral Practice squad power rankings will come on Friday. Uh, haven't started off the best with getting call-ups. I think, and I wrote this in last week's practice squad power rankings uh, last Friday, that we've seen a lot of veterans getting called up early in the season, and that makes sense. And I, I, I'm not putting veterans in my practice squad power rankings. I think that would be a little bit too much of a cop-out because the practice squad power rankings started in 2019 when you had to be you know, only two years into the league or you could be into your third season uh, or less. And then COVID hit and they extended it. And I'm glad that they added more spots, but now having the ability to roster up to six veterans on the practice squad, like we have guys like Le'Veon Bell and um, geez, there's just so many veterans that would normally not be on a practice squad. 
um, on practice squad. So I didn't want to just feature them because that would be pointless. But we've seen a lot of those veterans get called up early, which makes sense. These young guys uh, are still getting acclimated to the league. But we did have our first call up on Wednesday. So check the practice squad power rankings uh, to see who that player was. And hopefully over the next couple of days and as the season progresses, some of these GMs smarten up, read the practice squad power rankings and start calling up players featured in those rankings because they can play. All right. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening to the prospect podcast.